Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast by Beach Commute. You've got Jeff and Marissa here today. We're going to talk about the five unexpected benefits of being a digital nomad. So we know what the benefits of being a digital nomad are right off the bat. You know it's going to be travel-related. You're going to see a lot of the world. But oftentimes, when you talk to people, you it's the things that they didn't expect that really makes this lifestyle sustainable for them. It's the little, it's the little stuff that makes you excited going day-to-day, going to new spots, meeting new people, all that kind of stuff that makes you think, wow, this is like a little cherry on top. And sometimes it's even like, the major benefit of doing that. So we're going to get into that. We've got five things we're going to talk about today. Before we do that, Marissa, what's going on? How are you? I am good. I am uh, excited. I'm heading to Mexico in a day or two and um, get some sunshine back to one of my favorite places in the world on Playa del Carmen. So super excited for that. And I'm excited for this conversation today as well, because I think we've kind of talked like little bits here and there throughout the podcast that digital nomad life has, I think, surpassed what either of us could have imagined it to be. But it's so many unexpected benefits that... It wasn't why I got into nomad life, but it's it's been an amazing part of it. So I'm super excited. But before we jump in, how's Mexico City treating you, and what's what's new over there? Ah, uh, it's great. It still feels like home. It's exactly what I needed. Uh, like we talked about in our last podcast, there's like certain familiarity travel that you want to do. You pick a place because it seems very familiar and you're just comfortable with it. You know what to expect. And uh, I've, I've done all the things that I'm familiar with and then started branching out this last weekend and checking out new spots, some new restaurant spots, some new uh, went to a went to a uh, this really, really nice. It's like the Ritz Carlton. They've got this restaurant on the 34th floor and you see all of Mexico City. And it's just right above Chapultepec Park, which is just, it's like supposedly the second biggest park in all of Mexico. It's just acres and acres and acres in the middle of the city of just like park and lakes and forests and stuff. So it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah. It's just kind of adding in. I mean, you could spend your entire life here in Mexico City and still not see everything. <laughs> like you could work it's really hard. It's an overwhelming hard at it and city. It's yeah. So big. Yeah. It's just so big. It's so overwhelming. You could do this forever, and it's kind of one of the exciting parts. It reminds can, me a lot well, of it is New York. Familiar. Yeah. 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 You said that. Yeah. Just, what, what about it? Reminds well, just I've never been to New York. You've never been to New York. I know. I haven't been in New York. I have so many. Thoughts. I haven't been. <laughs> That's wild. I'm so poorly traveled across the states. It's unbelievable. It's kind of amazing. I always tell people, I actually have done a lot of the states as well, but if I think about nearer mm-hmm. places, now that I've traveled the world, I'm like, I can always get to like the easy places when I'm older and tired or whatever, if I can't walk as well decades from now, but I'd rather get to far off countries in the world. But in terms of your question, it reminds me of New York in that there's like tons of different, like every neighborhood has its own different feel to it. The park that you're talking about kind of has the same as like Central Park in the middle of the city. So it just, and again, with New York, it's like there's always restaurants opening and closing. And by the time you think you've experienced something, there's 30 more places open. So <laughs> um, it's, The entire landscape has changed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot there, but I love, I love that you're exploring it. I remember when I asked you when I was there, I kind of ended up there last minute and had some time and I was like Jeff what should I do in this city and you were just like eat eat all the food and I was like that is really <laughs> unhelpful but also I feel like yeah, so hopefully you've been eating all the food <laughs> I've been eating all the food yeah absolutely I mean 
That's you haven't really done Mexico City until you've gone fully street taco <laughs> shopping. That's that's the one. But I wanted specific. I was like, I had I texted our friend Amanda as well as been on the like at the same time, and mm-hmm. she was like, go here if it's after four p.m. But if it's dark, go here, and only go here if it's there. And there, here's <laughs> these street tacos on this street behind this door, and you were like, just eat. Oh my <laughs> so god. So I just wanted the specific <laughs> tacos to find Jeff. <laughs> but okay, I, well, I, I screwed up my travel recommendations. Yes, you did. But I hear you, and I'm, I'm glad you. Or eating your way through Mexico City and <laughs> just enjoying feeling at home there. So with that, I'm excited to jam with you on what your unexpected kind of benefits of digital nomad life have been. So I think that you said it well in the beginning, which was when you think about becoming a nomad, often the reason why we chase this life is mostly we just have a, a vision and a dream to travel the world, right? It's like, I'm not going to be able to get to all of these places and all of these bucket list destinations in my lifetime if I only have two to three weeks of vacation. I know that's 100% how I felt. It's how a lot of people sort of end up wanting this freedom. And that is absolutely still a huge part of it. That is a big, big benefit that we won't even really talk about today because it's just sort of known. So today we want to talk about five unexpected benefits that we have realized by living this lifestyle for so many years that just were never even part of our consideration of why we chose this lifestyle. Mm. So Jeff, why don't you kick it off with number one? So the first one would be these unexpected cultural experiences. It's unexpected because when you think of travel, a lot lot of times and especially if you're not yet a digital nomad a lot of times what you do is you just kind of default to these aggregated lists that you find online like here's the top spots that you need to hit you need to go here 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 and here and here and a lot of times these are not so cultural you know they're, they're kind of set up for tourism they're set up to get as many people in they're very very common it's it's not like it's it's not this really personalized experience and a lot of times it's not a very cultural experience. The cultural experiences are the ones that are, they're a little bit harder to find. And they usually come about way, way, way more often when you become a digital nomad because you have more time. You're just there for a longer period of time. So you don't feel so forced to do a whole bunch of stuff. And then just over time, stuff just pops up. Your friends will come up with all kinds of different ideas. Like, hey, I found this thing on some obscure webpage. Or I was walking down the street and I, I met this person and they offered to do XYZ with me. You know, and, and sometimes you can even find them on I found some really good cultural experiences on Airbnb experiences as well, which I highly recommend people do. Like we were just in we we're just in Armenia and we saw this opportunity to go to this uh, woman's house and she's going to teach us how to cook food. There's going to show us how they they make that underground wine that they make in Armenia. They put it in like this big old uh, clay pot and they bury it underground and they showed us where it goes and how they make the pot and all that kind of stuff. And then we sat at their actual dining room table where they eat and they showed us like, hey, here's what we drink. Here's our customs. Here's all the things that that we do on a day to day basis. And, and with that, you feel like a, a much, you get a much more fulfilled experience. Like, yeah, you know, I did this country properly. I didn't just go and do all the touristy stuff. I kind of got a feel for these people live this way and you're embracing it through food and through drink and through conversation and, and sometimes specific places that they like to go and all that kind of stuff. And it's, and a lot of times when I'm going places, I, don't plan any of these things. They just kind of arise unexpectedly, just as we've got in the, the title of this podcast. So that's a big, big number one for me. I hope I didn't, you know, 
shoot our shot right off the bat because there is there's some really there's other more. good stuff in this list but for me there's a lot of weight on that one yeah it is a huge one and I can totally um agree with you in the way of when I used to travel it was like okay I've got one week to be here or four days or two days or whatever it was when I would travel somewhere and like you said I would say I would look at a list on Google or some blog and it would be like okay go to you know this tour site and this photo spot and you know drive past here and eat at these three restaurants and I would just follow it because I was like okay like these are the things to do but ultimately you know probably once like many years ago, those were the unique things to do, but then people write about it. It's what everyone does. So it it doesn't feel local. It doesn't feel unique. Of course, you're still, you know, maybe experiencing a different language and eating different food, but it's not like a local would live day to day. And I think as you were sort of saying, it becomes, it's experiences you, you can't plan for. And because you're living in places for an extended time or just open to traveling in a different way, or maybe because you've made friends who live all over the world, like they connect you with someone who they know who lives in that place or they're from there that you get to experience. So a couple examples that really stood out to me in that way. Um, there was a time in Oman when I was uh, I was living there with Diego, actually, and our friend Esty actually met this woman. I think she was just out exploring a mosque one day in the afternoon, and she met this really sweet woman. I think she was probably 22 or 23 years old. And she invited us to her house for lunch, but it was only females. And something I learned was that only like women were not allowed to have men in their house if their husband wasn't home. So her husband was out working. So like Diego couldn't come with us. Our male friends couldn't come. (laughs) And we had this really local experience. And like, I didn't know that. And like men can have up to four wives in Oman and, and women can't even have another no really really truly but a woman can't even have a male in her in her home like even if it's like a group of people Mm. in this way so to me it's like that was a cultural experience and we sat on the floor and we ate like they made they made everything from scratch and we're eating like rice and fish and salad and yogurt with our hands sitting on the floor and like they taught us like they used the smoke to like put inside their clothes to like smell good and they did that and like they sweep up the floor with palm leaves so it's like these little things because of that experience one I only could say yes because I was living there for a month if I had just said like I'm coming here for one week I never could have planned such a thing or experienced such a thing so it's just that's just one example of like a gazillion that I could give but it's those types of experience I would say that one you because you're living as a nomad you sort of integrate in a way that you don't usually have time to otherwise and you get to say yes right like she couldn't have seen us that day even and it was like next week on Tuesday come to my home at noon and so you say okay but if you're only there for seven days you're like sorry I'm on a flight so those are really the benefits that you know it's it's these unexpected cultural experiences you said that now when I go places I almost purposely don't do the kind of bucket list experiences every now and then I still do like maybe there's an amazing viewpoint but usually it's just crowded, and so it's almost better just to accidentally go on a hike one day and find somewhere new you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all of that to be said, we could give a million more examples, but I think those are, are the Armenia Oman example are, are two good ones that just kind of show what opens up when you live as a nomad versus just traveling on vacation. Uh, do you want to take us to number two? Yeah, so number two is, I think as you kind of explained it, is open-mindedness towards the world. So before, if I think about number one was cultural experiences, to me number two is sort of like cultural awareness and like really 
meeting people in different cultures, understanding different cultures firsthand. One of the biggest ways I can say this is something very timely happening right now with everything with Israel and Palestine. So I won't get into the politics behind it, but I have a lot of friends who I've met firsthand from Israel. I've spent a lot of time traveling with them. And I remember, I will never forget this one conversation. This was probably, we were in Thailand. This was about a, a little over a year ago. And um, there was a I think it was like an ambulance or something that drove by with a siren. And my friend from Israel said to me, Marissa, like, what do you you think of when you first hear a siren and I was like what do you mean he was like well what's the first thing like what's your reaction I was like I don't know someone needs to go to the hospital like they're moving ambulance an ambulance someone's <laughs> yeah. like trying to move quickly and he said to me he's like when we for he's like at least for me and he, there was like four other Israeli guys there and he was like for me anytime I hear an ambulance drive by my very first kind of subconscious thought is like I need to go to the bomb shelter like I need to, like that immediate thought is like, oh. I need to go to the bomb shelter now. And it was one of those moments I just realized where it's like growing up in Israel that like if the siren goes off and there's sirens all over the country, you have a bomb shelter built into your house, your apartment, your home, and you you go when you hear a siren. And so even though he wasn't, like we were in Thailand or anywhere they are, their first thought is, is still like your immediate kind of Pavlov reaction, right? Is like need to go to safety. So I just give that as one example of a way that I have now understood the world like you can you can hear about what's going on in israel you can hear about what's going on anywhere in the world right or whether it's like you know i've learned about cambodia nigeria lao vietnam myanmar like wherever it is there's there's stuff that's happened all over the world this is just one example but to me it's like meeting real people and that was someone from a different country who had like i wasn't in israel at the moment even though i have been so it's like whether you're learning it's about something in a country you're visiting or maybe just like getting to know other travelers who are from different countries those types of conversations have just really opened my eyes to say like i understand I will never know what it feels like to have my home and be from Israel right but I understand a little bit better what someone from there might experience and I think that you know you can relay mm -hmm. that to all over the world of just being in Mexico and Bolivia and Panama just like meeting local people and understanding like this is this is what you know I think about my time in Cambodia and a taxi driver talking about like his whole family was killed in a genocide like not that long ago that was happening in you know in the 70s and mm. just like hearing his experience about it right it's like you hear these things firsthand and become much more culturally aware than like i don't like to watch the news i don't love to read historical textbooks so i find that this is how i learn about the world and experience the world and have more empathy for what's going on. So that's my personal take on it, but I would love to hear yours. I kind of went a little bit of a different direction. Uh, well, like your ideas. You. Yeah. Yeah. Cultural awareness. Yeah. The, the cultural awareness, we could go an entire podcast. Yeah. So many directions. Things that we've learned. And, it, and it's really, really awesome because you just, you think of you hear some of these things and go, oh, that's a really brilliant outlook on life. That's a yeah. brilliant way to do this I that I never even considered. Do you have an example? You might even incorporate into your own life. No, not right off the top of my head, but I mean, just you just see different ways of living. I I think I guess the only thing that comes to mind immediately would be the way that Costa Ricans view mm, living their life. Pura vida. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a really kind of an all-encompassing term for the way that they approach every day from sunup to sundown. Yeah, like that they are very, very like spiritually rich. They're very, mm. very happy. Yeah, very happy people. Yeah, and they just approach life like today's gonna be a great day. I'm <laughs> literally pure of life. Yeah, like, today's gonna be awesome. And it's it takes a minute. You get there and you see that, and you're like, what the hell was I? <laughs> reading the news, the U.S.-based news today. That right. just put me in a bad space. Yeah. You know, and you just look at them, they're like, you know, they're, they're just 
approaching life in a completely different way. And I, I think that when I think of this topic, when I think of more open-mindedness, I think of it as just a general outlook on how you interact with people is the way I envision this. Mm. And the way I see it is that having come from a, a very small town, the, the less you interact with people who are different from you, yeah. doesn't doesn't matter. It could, it could be race, culture, it could be, it could be anything, just different. Yeah. Just different. Right? Yeah. The less you do that, the more of a us versus them you have mm, in your mind you've yeah. got like a very very clear line and it's it it's kind of tribal and it's just kind of a natural thing in human beings when other people is seen as other different from you, you you've you've automatically got some sort of resistance and and once you start traveling those walls just kind of dissolve down they're that us becomes way 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 bigger and the them becomes way 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 there's almost like none of it left and you just realize as, as you start meeting more and more people from around the world must, everyone's just kind of <laughs> trying to do the same thing yeah. trying to be happy yeah everyone's trying to you know support their family trying to do nice things for the most part <laughs> not everybody's a great person you right know, but for the most part yeah. everyone's tr- striving for the same type of goal yeah and then i found that i've like been a lot more when i when i get home and like when i reflect on life been a lot more open to a whole bunch of different ideas to like how people think about maybe their viewpoints where i might have been a little bit more firm in the way i felt in the past yeah now my viewpoints are a lot more fluid yeah and there's way 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 more gray area in the way that I approach life. Mm. So it's for me, it's, it's kind of a feeling. And it, and it came about through all of these individual experiences like you were referencing. Like yeah. seeing all these things makes you think, you know, maybe I'm not very right about a lot of things. <laughs> maybe there's quite a few things out there that I don't know. <laughs> and it made me, f- ne- like, it made it very poignant how not right I am with most things. I love that. And it kind of, it's, it's kind of liberating. It, yeah. kind of, it, it kind of opens you up to be able to say, well, if I'm not right about these things, then I, I can learn about these things too. Right, yeah. I like to take, like, little parts of everything too, of, like, even I think about just in the mm. more positive side of things, like, in Sri Lanka earlier this year, like, almost no one wears shoes ever like you get in a taxi and like their their flip-flops are like sitting next to them they're driving barefoot but like I think something I've been learning a lot recently is we like don't touch the ground enough and it it messes with our bodies like we are meant it's called grounding you're like meant to put your foot to the earth and like helps with like electrons Mm -hmm. in your body anyway I just feel like it's like even like little things like that I'm like hmm like why am I wearing shoes all the time like why wouldn't I do something like that so I don't know it's like you learn different ways of life that maybe it's like even just little things but I think also as you were talking about just I don't know beyond just ideas or viewpoints of being right or wrong I think just like meeting people from all these places where you you talked about it's like it's a us versus them or before it's like oh those people in those countries it's kind of like humanizing it it's like oh I've, I've been there I've been in that land I've I've walked those streets I've met a human from there I met their family and so instead of just having it be a place on the news or a place that you hear about it just becomes real because like there's just real humans living there and you you kind of put these more tangible ideas um, oh. to that. So I love that as well. Yeah, that was, that's a really good one. I, I love this one. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it doesn't seem like it would be unexpected. Of course, you're going to run into other cultures. Right. But I think the way that you change is unexpected. Yeah, you know? that's, ooh, that gave me chills. <laughs> that's a good, yeah. it's a good way to put it. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected to do, right? Maybe some people do think like, yes, I'll learn about other cultures. But I just I didn't expect for me and my mind and my values and beliefs and understanding of the world to grow so much. And like you said, there is still so much I don't know, and I would never pretend to know anything or everything. It's like, I think 
I'm still learning so much and it's almost realizing I'll never learn everything, but it's just a continual way to say, I'd like to continue meeting different people (laughs) and different cultures Mm -hmm. and continue to grow. So anything else to add to number two? No, I think we nailed that one. (laughs) I feel pretty, I feel pretty good with our performance. So good about that one, Jeff. (laughs) All right. So with that, we have um, a quick sponsor for this episode is Nomad Strong. And Jeff and I have actually talked a lot personally about trying to keep up with our fitness routine. So if you're on the go, you're exploring all these different places and cultures and things, it can be hard. A lot of people ask us, like, how do you keep up with your, your, not only your mental health, but your physical health as well? So I've talked a lot about, there's times I remember landing in Guatemala, trying to like go find three different gyms and see where I wanted to do. And it takes up like days of, of your time and your work week. So Nomad Strong has come in to solve the solution, which I love because it is a needed problem to solve. And they are an online subscription that you can sign up for. And they have personalized training programs through group coaching that they do, that they help you understand like, what is your, they are nomads themselves, right? So they're like, where are you traveling? What are you doing? Do you want to be in your gym? Do you want to be home where you're going to be working out? And they help you to find tailored fitness solutions so that you are held accountable and don't land somewhere and just stop your routine. Anything else to add to that, Jeff? Yeah, it really, really is hard, especially starting out as a digital nomad, to keep that routine up. And you have to keep up your fitness routine because this is a completely unsustainable lifestyle if you just go off the rails, if you if you lose your discipline in stuff. So that's one of the things that I really like about Nomad Strong is there's this accountability aspect to it. There's the <laughs> yes. weekly group calls, community support. There's weekly challenges as well and what I really like about it is that everybody you meet seems to have a different workout style like mm. I've a friend I'm living with Kevin he likes to do a lot of the CrossFit stuff I like to do a lot of body weight workouts I was just traveling with my friend uh, Allie who likes to do running uh, I've pl- countless other people like to do yoga and what they do is they'll customize to you what your strong suit is the thing that you're trying to do on a daily basis so you can land Next day, start your workout routine. So you don't have to go through, like you said, that process. Finding a gym sucks. I hate, <laughs> I hate going and, and finding your trainer and you know, going through like four different gyms before you're, before you're really happy with the, find, the place that you've uh, you finally found. So this simplifies it. It's, it's, digital nomad lifestyle can be really complex. And this is just another thing that makes your life a little bit more sustainable and a little bit more enjoyable. Perfect. So where can people go if they're interested in that, Jeff? So yeah, check them out, uh, nomadstrong.com. And you can actually book a consultation directly on their homepage. So go ahead and give that a check. Go, go ahead and give that a look. Awesome. So with that, let's move on to number three. Um, I'm going to kick this one back to you. What is number three on our list? So number three is unexpected benefits is the strength of the friendships that you build while you're traveling. So you would imagine as you're traveling, and especially if you're traveling with, with groups, like Wi-Fi tribe or remote year or something like that, that you will make friends and you definitely will make friends. But the surprising thing is how strong those friendships are. Mm-hmm. And it's still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, how strong these friendships I've built <laughs> are and why they're so strong. How many, you're going to what, 14 digital nomad weddings this month? It what feels it? like it. It basically feels that way, but many. <laughs> Yeah, many. Exactly. It's and I, I can take some guesses at it. This this is this segment or this question is it might be a little bit of guessing on my part, but I think it's because of some of the things that we already talked about. I, I think that you're gonna meet people that are 
equally interested in being open-minded and learning about the world, just a natural curiosity about the world and people. And I think when you put those types of people together that have such similar like core beliefs that you're just naturally going to form a stronger bond with those types Mm -hmm. of people. And just because it's not like a shared belief in like, I like football. (laughs) This is like a core value. A core value to me is that I want to expand myself to the world. I want to learn about different cultures. And then with that, I think you're gonna have such a bigger overlap across a lot of other like smaller topics and stuff that it, it ends up being when you end up meeting these people that you travel with. I, I compare it to like when you meet up with an old friend that you haven't seen in a long time. First time you meet somebody that's, uh, you know, from Wi-Fi tribe or, or whatever, it's, it almost feels like you're picking up a conversation that you had from an, a good friend from like five years ago. It's like, do I know you already? How did yeah. that happen? I don't, I don't even understand how we've got so much in common <laughs> already, but yeah, love to love to hear how you've gotten invited to a dozen <laughs> weddings from Digital Nomad Friends this year. Yeah. What I, your take on it is. It's wild. As you said, again, these are really the, the unexpected benefits of nomad life, right? So when I first started, my initial plan of traveling the world, I think I've talked about this some, but I so I was engaged and my partner and I were going to quit our jobs and like travel the world, the two of us together for like six months as just like backpackers and you know, save up and burn through our savings. And when I left that engagement, I was like, okay, well, I don't really want to travel alone per se. So how can I do this in a more sustainable way? And so I joined Wi-Fi Tribe mostly just because I wasn't looking to like make great friends. I just didn't want to be like in that month or in that experience in that country alone. So my yeah. my purpose of it was really to find like, not that I was trying to find temporary friends, but I guess that's what I was expecting it to be. It was like, oh cool, I'll meet these people. I won't be alone. I'll have these experiences and I'll like go on my merry way. And now eight years later, I, I think the beauty of it is that I keep traveling with the same people over and over again. And as you said, I often have so much more in common now. Like I've changed a lot since I started nomading. Um, You start traveling the world and you change as we talked about in the first two. You change a lot, you grow a lot. And I have, not that I have nothing in common by any means, like I still love my friends and see my friends from home. But I often find that I really do have more in common now with my travel friends because we share similar experiences. We've done similar things. Like, I feel like I sound like an asshole when I'm with my normal friends. And I'm like, oh yeah, last year in Mauritius and in Namibia. Like, I know it sounds it sounds silly, but like you do kind of feel like you can't really. <laughs> Jeff's laughing at me, but it's a real my thing. My brothers give me so much shit. Because I'll, I'll send them a text. I'm like, oh yeah, I just saw this in... Uh... In, in whatever, in, in Georgia. And they're like, oh, it's big flex, bro. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't mean it like that. You really like, don't. I'm literally there. I don't have to tell you. It's, it's a weird thing that's like, again, it sounds silly, but it, I do end up kind of like, not that I mute myself, I'll never stop being me, but I do try to kind of tone it down sometimes when I'm with friends from home because you can't really talk about mm-hmm. all the things because it does sound like you're just like talking with an ego and like you said, like, oh, last year when I was in whatever, you know. But, yeah. but it's the same thing as saying like, oh, last week, weekend when I was at the grocery store and it's just it's part of your life so I feel like now my travel friends are people who I really relate to have super deep connections with and there's something we always talk about travel is like dog gear life I, I would say like one month of mm-hmm. 
one month of travel with someone feels like 10 years of life. Like, I, I don't know how to explain the time warp, but I think that's a fact. <laughs> it's compressed time. It's, it's it's compressed time. There's no other way to look at it. It's yeah. like going into a black hole. It's, it's wild. And we also call it a little bit of trauma bonding. So typically when you are traveling with someone, like weird things happen, hard things happen, your bus breaks down, you're in the f- middle of nowhere and you don't have cell service and you don't speak the language. And like I was thinking about mm-hmm. one of my, my friends who had the wedding this past weekend, one of my nomad friends, we were in Serbia together on a road trip, just the two of us. And literally the middle of nowhere got a flat tire and like, again, didn't speak the language, had to use Google Translate together to like get someone to change our tire, get to a place, find whatever. Those are some trauma bonds that you don't forget that like keep you together. Um, It it seems silly, but it's true. And you just, you have so many experiences with these people. And I also find that I just have like really deep connections. Like often when I meet people in the US, it's like, how are you? Who are you? What do you do for a living? And I don't know what it is, but with travelers, I think they're just very open-minded, often deep people. And so instead of that, it's like, what? Mm. I don't know. You, you end up talking about really deep things really quickly and form really amazing friendships. So all of that to say, like, I feel like my phone day today is just like lots of voice notes with travel friends who are all over. We're like, come here. I'm going there. Like having just deep catch-up conversations mm-hmm. and like those friends feel just as real and just as important on a day-to-day basis, even if I'm not with them in person as you know the person i might see on saturday who i'm in the same place as and they continue year over year over year it's not like oh that happened once in you know south africa and i'll never see them it's like i will keep seeing them and that's why i invest in nomad friendships as well not just meeting local people where i go because i know i will see nomads again and again throughout my life so yeah that's that's kind of my take Mm -hmm. on it yeah and you go through these little little chapters where you hang out with people, travel with them maybe for a few months straight even. Yeah. Maybe even up to like six months straight. And then you can go like <laughs> a couple of years without even seeing them. You, know, even, you don't plan on it that way. You just say goodbye like you're going to. And what is it? We never say goodbye. We'll just say until next time. It's, because it's it, not it goodbye. It's like see you that. later. <laughs> it's see you later. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so true. It might, it might be yeah. a couple months. It might be in a couple of years. But when you see them again, it's you're like just picking no up right where you left off. Just with you, like no time's passed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it's weird. That compressed time is so weird. It is dog years. It's like when yeah. you're living with somebody and you're traveling, so much happens. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but it's but also it wasn't much time. It's like like watching a football <laughs> game. Like an hour goes by, right. but only 10 minutes of play happens. Like what the, what the hell yeah. is that? Yeah. It's <laughs> and you come out of it like, whoa, that was... How many years has it been? <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But they become so, I think I just didn't expect they'd become like my actual deepest friends. Like I, you know, it's like I had my friends from high school. I had my friends from college. I had my friends from like, just, you know, out of my first job or whatever. And now my travel friends are like, so I'm going to Mexico this weekend for one of my travel friends wedding. And like, I see him often. I'll go stay with him in Mexico. Like I've traveled mm. all over, like we'll voice note like he's someone who I will continue to stay in touch with for you know years to come and I just I didn't expect that so it's it's been really cool and also I love that it's not just you talked a little bit about your hometown of um typically you know even if your friends are just from the same country the same city the same state the same like socioeconomic background race whatever it might be like my travel friends it's just so cool to like be able to have dear friends who 
have different thoughts and input because they're from different cultures or have different experiences. And like, that's now part of my, Mm -hmm. my network and my friendship. So I just feel like, yeah, for the reasons we said before, I've expanded because now I also have deep friends from places that are not, you know, just the same as me, but mm-hmm. we share values. So yeah, that's, I think yeah. that's number three in a nutshell. Okay. Do you want to take us, are you taking number four to me? I'm lost. I've lost track here. Where are we? I'll take number four. So this yeah. one, we okay. talked a little bit about on the last podcast as well, but number four is the ability to go to cool one-off events. So For this one, um, I'll give an example. I guess when I think about traveling before I was a nomad, there was an example once I went, um, a friend of mine really wanted to go to Spain to go to the Tomatina Festival, which is the largest food fight in the world. (laughs) It's the tomato. Yeah, yeah, it's the tomato throwing. It's the tomato throwing. So yeah, that was like a, a planned event that we went to because of that. And so you can kind of plan it, but that took like, I think I was like partially digital nomading then I had just sort of started it part-time but all my friends like that was their big vacation for there it was the only thing that they could do but there's so many cool like one-off events that you might never get a chance to say yes to if you only have you know two three weeks of vacation so one example i was in myanmar this was back in 2018 and we had just gone on this epic like two-day hike through the like one of the coolest things i've done it was one of my favorite countries and at the end of it we landed and and literally by circumstance there was the largest um balloon festival in the world so i had these hot air balloons there was like dozens of hot air balloons who figured who would have thought right who knows who knows what you'll find in in myanmar anywhere in the world they had these dozens of hot air balloons that would go up in the air with like fireworks shooting out of them and it was almost like imagine like a giant state fair Sounds dangerous. It, it actually oh it, it actually was so like they say like uh usually like a person <laughs> or two dies there every year because people no my friend murray he, he was i think he was like one of the first 10 episodes we did he came yeah, with me I met from murray in Thailand. south africa oh yeah year. okay so you know murray yeah, you know, yeah. this will sound like okay. him yeah yeah he had quite a bit to drink and we knew this going in we're like stay don't get super Sounds close right. to the balloons you will want to they are cool it looks pretty and i think i had gone mm-hmm. to like i don't know i got to go get something or like run to the bathroom and there was this one really cool hot air balloon and he wanted to take a video of it for me so he was like a little, again a little bit inebriated went like underneath it to, it was like taking a video of it you can see in the video it's like oh shit there's like fireworks like shooting at him i was like murray this is the one thing <laughs> you were not supposed to do so anyway, it was it all checks out. All checks out. All checks out. Uh, I love Murray, yeah. but again, like that experience is just one example of ten thousand I could name mm-hmm. of like these cool one-off like events that you just would never expect to go to or that you wouldn't have time to and you want to. So I know you've got a couple of these, Jeff. What is what is one or two of yours? Yeah, I got mine coming up, which would be Dia de los Muertos in Oaxaca. It's nice. like the birthplace of that. Yeah. So that would be really, really tough to do as not a digital nomad because you have to book this thing like well in advance. You have to, I think we booked this thing back in February just because it fills up so much. Right. And you have to book a certain amount of days because they're only... They only want to book to like you know people that are rent for like a couple of weeks. When you say book this, you're talking but about like accommodations. A, yeah, yeah, like a like an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're like, eh, no, we're not going to do a couple of days. We want like a couple of weeks out of people. So right. We got really lucky. We got in early, long time ago, and I've always wanted to do this. I I was there right up until a couple of days before Dia de los Muertos, a couple of years during the pandemic during 2020, and um, we tried to book a place, and it was like nothing. It gets so, it's so, so, so popular. So I, I've been looking forward to that for a while. Earlier in the year, went to a, yeah, 
a music festival, which is so not me. Yeah. <laughs> in Romania. Yeah. And that's like, something I would never do is not a digital nomad. Like, I'm going to go all the way to Romania <laughs> for a music festival. No, but if you if you attach it to some other stuff, yeah, yeah I'm going to do it. Like, okay, I'm going to go to Romania and then Serbia and then Georgia yeah. and then Armenia. Okay. Okay, cool. Because, you know, you're hedging your bets a little bit if that <laughs> event sucks. Right. It wasn't your two weeks of vacation that you just blew yeah. for no reason. Yeah. You know, you've got other things that you can attach to it and do do some other stuff. I'm trying to think of it if there's anything else that I did that was, like, super event-based. I know a lot of people do carnival. Yeah. They do that in, like, Brazil. Yeah. I got some friends that did, whatchamacallit, uh, in Munich. Oh, God. Oktoberfest. The, uh, the big <laughs> Oktoberfest? Yes. Right now, yeah. Oktoberfest, exactly. It's October, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have done Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's just a few other examples of, like, a uh, once-a-year type of thing that you'd yeah. kind of have to go out of your way to get to. And you also get to say, this is not quite the one-off, like, big events, but you also get to say yes to a lot of, like, little one-off events that you wouldn't have otherwise had time mm. to say yes to. So I don't know why I was thinking... Particularly, like, in Mauritius when I was there, for example, we went on this, like, Tuesday morning, like, whale watch. We got to swim with, like, whales in the wild just because it was, like, an event Mm. that I was like, oh, this is happening right now. And I I get to say yes versus, like, I might have had other things planned. And then, like, we got to know the local guys and, like, we went to, it was their, um, it was their New Year, I think it was. Or their, like, Independence Day, that's what it was. So, like, we went to this, like, local bonfire Mm -hmm. to celebrate their Independence Day. It's, like, things like that that just... It's like you just don't get to do those things otherwise. So I, I ayahuasca for a week. Yeah. No, that's that's a, that is a full blown one off event. That one is like actually that checks cultural experience. <laughs> yes, it does. Open mindedness for sure. <laughs> Mind wide open. <laughs> you can't. That's it's gonna force. It's gonna it's gonna pry it wide open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some friendships. One off event. Yeah. That one was kind of everything on that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I honestly. I wouldn't have flown to Bolivia to go sit in that cave for a week and do ayahuasca. <laughs> you wouldn't, John. But because my mom asked me to, she asked me to, she asked me if I'd do it again. You gonna do it? I'm 50 50. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd do. Give me like one or two days. I don't think I want the week again. I don't need to do a full week again. But it is fun, even I with friendships. Like Juan, week. our shaman there, actually came to like mm-hmm. to meet up with me and did like ayahuasca ceremony for some of my friends. Like so, it turns into a friendship of like our shaman in Bolivia, who's from Argentina, and you see all over the world. So again. Just these cool things, but yeah, I have done it several times since. We still need to do an episode on that, Jeff. I feel like we've maybe that's a, a fun one to do soon. We've talked about it forever. Oh, we did. We never did it. Did we not do that? No. Maybe. Oh it's God, time. we definitely gotta do that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, all that said, okay. for for number four, it's just like your ability. You get to to do all of these experiences that you might not like travel just for that, but you get to tack it on to places where you are. So with that, Jeff, mm-hmm. bring us home. What's number five? Number five is friends giving you invitations to go to new places that you have to turn down all the time <laughs> to be sane because it's always going to come up. at the end of and inevitably at the end of every single trip you're traveling with. Some people, those people we talked about in the last episode, the type A planners, always have ideas (laughs) on the next places to go. And they're going to say something very, very tempting to you. Like, you haven't been to Buenos Aires before. Let's go for two months in January. And you don't have a good excuse to say no. And you're already getting FOMO about the idea of not going. And, and again, that's another way that you end up choosing your next locations because you get invited to go to new places. And the cool benefit the unexpected benefit of it is it's a lot of times for me places i wouldn't have even thought of yeah like i wouldn't have, i i didn't know where sorry this is ignorant i didn't know where armenia was on a map 
but I got an invitation to go there. So I went to Armenia. I didn't really know about Georgia until somebody told me about it as a, like, oh yeah, it's turning into a hop spot. Do you want to go? I'm like, well, I can't really say no. Like I've got, I've got pretty bad, <laughs> I get pretty bad uh, early onset FOMO before I even go early anywhere. Early onset so, FOMO. Uh, yeah, yeah. It hits, hurts, hits you before you even decide to say no. So yeah, that's, that's probably one of the main ways I end up getting around. It's just invitations. Yeah. Yeah. New places and like we talked about in the last episode i think we're probably in like the 80 percent boat some <laughs> something like that and like how you end up in different places yeah um uh, yes. yeah yeah how do you how do you fit into that one yeah i love this one because again before i started traveling i was like i had a dream i wanted to go to southeast asia and like go to a bunch of different countries or i wanted to go you know i had like a list of countries that i personally knew i wanted to go to but as you said it's like the invitation to say yes to places you might not have thought of yourself or maybe you wouldn't have ended up yourself but end up expanding you know your mind because of it or enjoying because of it so i think of one example this is one of my nomad friends who's, who's just getting married this past weekend. I was in Lisbon after doing a nomad cruise and my friend was like, I got a couple weeks to spare. Like, want to meet me in Croatia next week? And I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, um, I'd want to go to Croatia at some point. But then we got there and we started going on a road trip and end, ended up in like Bosnia and Serbia and Kosovo. And like, we just kind of mm-hmm. like Macedonia, we just kind of kept going. Um, so again, it was just because of her invitation that I said yes to, that I got to all these countries that, you know, maybe I would have gotten to one day or maybe I wouldn't have, but it just kind of gets you to places I would say that you weren't necessarily planning. So again, that's the, the unexpected part of it that and we don't plan. <laughs> Jeff and I do not plan <laughs> as you know, listen, I feel like the last episode was super fun. If you're ever curious how we choose our destinations, definitely check out last week's episode, but yeah, with that, it's just sort of like the unexpected, just both people and places that mm-hmm. you end up traveling with that were totally unexpected to me. I was like, I don't care what anyone else is doing. I got places to go. I want to go to A, B, C, D, E, like old type A person. And now I just say yes to mm-hmm. cool experiences because they're always the best. It's like the places I think I want to go. They're also really cool, but there's so many places that someone else has ideas or planned or, you know, has researched mm-hmm. or knows somebody. And it's like those end up being really epic experiences. So that was certainly unexpected part of this journey for me so any any last thoughts as we wrap this one up jeff nope um and as we always tell you please please leave us a review whether you're on apple podcasts uh you can leave a review and a comment one or the other is just fine uh spotify just give us a a star rating really helps us out a lot also we're getting people to leave comments on show note ideas that they're looking to hear about and we love to hear that too we get them also in our inbox at hello at beachcommute.com you can write us in tell us how we're doing on the podcast tell us uh some ideas that you want for future upcoming podcasts we read all of this stuff so yeah please do just take a couple seconds to do that for us helps us out quite a bit. Lastly, if you are looking for a remote job that you can do from anywhere in the world so that you can have one of these five unexpected experiences as well, uh, hop on our email list, beachcommute.com slash email, and we send out two remote jobs every single week that are hiring now, and we send out lots of other cool information about just what's going on, what we're what we're doing, what we're sharing, anything we can do to help you. So it's fun. You get personal stories that you also, and photos that we don't share on the podcast. They're really fun to see from both me and Jeff, so check it out, and otherwise, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.